So, hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Queen Chats. Um, we are going to be talking about a few things today. The uh, trigger warning will be on the title, so if you would prefer not to listen, that's absolutely fine. Um, but I think this episode is going to be really informative. Um, it's, we have an amazing girl who's going to be talking all about it. So if you'd like to introduce your name and your title for me. So my name is Stephanie Isle and I'm a Ms Rose finalist. So you're no stranger to pageantry, I've seen your journey over the years. Um, so before we get, well let's just get down right into the nitty gritty um, with all we are talking of course about mental health but there are more than just one side of mental health because when people think about mental health they think depression um, but there's so many different forms and there's so many different things as well so can you tell us what we're going to be discussing today? So today we're going to be discussing my journey of um, bulimia, when I was bulimic from a very young age. We're also going to be talking about the side effects that I still suffer from now, although you could somewhat say that I've overcame bulimia. I still have a lot of issues such as PTSD and depression due to bulimia and even sometimes binge eating as well, which is a mental health condition. It, it definitely is, and all those things you've touched on. Um, and now we're going to go a little bit deeper into that. So you said that you had it from a young age. So talk to us through when it started and then kind of when you realised that there might be something wrong. So it all started when I was about nine years old, so a very young age. Mm. And um, it started initially, um, I, was, I was only slightly a little bit chubbier than the other kids but I kind of was friends with a very larger um, young lady and so when she was bullied for her weight I would also be bullied for my weight and um, I'd kind of seen seen it on TV like bulimia and what it was about but I never really knew like what it was and um, I decided that um, in order to lose weight I was just I, I still enjoyed eating but I decided to be sick straight away after eating and that initially started at school so it was after breakfast I'd go to school I'd be sick after lunch I'd eat that quickly and then I'd go and be sick and it was I don't know I'd say about 12 when I then started to like at secondary school kind of age when I started being sick after every single meal or I just wouldn't eat a meal at all mm. or I would take a smaller portion um, and it wasn't until I was actually 16 that I realised I had a problem. And I went prom dress shopping and I got a UK size four prom dress, which was a US zero. And wow. it was too big and I had to have it taken in. And it was in that moment we went round to a family friend who was going to take it in for me. And um, in that moment, she was pinning the dress and she was like, oh, we're going to have to take like at least another inch off. And it was just in that moment, I just burst out crying and I realised I'm too thin and it you know what seven years later after I first started I didn't realise I had a problem yeah <laughs> it's it's incredible I think sometimes as well when you are young you have all these hormones you have all the mm. the society's pressure and of course you said about being friends of someone who's been bullied and in turn you got bullied you kind of don't think you think it's just natural to do that then you had an epiphany, epiphany doing prom dress, which is an exciting part of um of you know, finishing school. Yeah. 
Um, I think part of the issue as well is I was being bullied at primary school for being too big and then when I went to secondary school and well, I must have been about 13 and all the other girls had started to develop and I wasn't developed I was just this stick like figure mm -hmm. and then I would get bullied for being too thin yeah. and I, I do think if it wasn't for the bullying of being like told like bullied for being too thin I don't think I would have clicked at all. No it's children are cruel they really are okay. cruel they, they bully for all sorts of things it's like you can't be a certain shape or size and you find that later on as well sometimes with the internet with trolling um there is no ideal um but you had that moment um what did you seek help after that or what sort of happened with the journey then yeah so after that after prom had finished I was going on to college and at college they did counselling mm -hmm. and so I decided right you know I've got two years in this place where I can tackle my demons so to speak and I did counselling once a week um, I definitely learned a lot about myself I learned about nutrition as well mm -hmm. when I was there because they had like a an extra course you could take like a general studies type of course and I did that they talked about nutrition about fitness and I kind of found my balance where even though I still wasn't fully recovered, even though I still might have binged and then been sick after that as well, um, I was getting better. It wasn't every single meal. It was sometimes I would go to the cafeteria and I'd have a hot chocolate with cream and one day I would be sick because of it and the other day I wouldn't be. But it was finding that balancing act and the counselling definitely helped. And then after uni... Um, I took a year off and kind of after that year off it went downhill a little bit but then I went back to university um, started on my university course and it was the people on that course that really brought me back out of my shell brought my lovely Steph back out again and I wasn't concerned with food because I was so concerned with socializing making friends and doing really well on my university course instead so it was it wasn't till university finished I would finally have said that I had stopped the the bulimic tendencies yeah uh, also they do say there's a distraction technique don't they where you your mind focuses on something else um but with all that it's not something that is easily that easily goes away so can you explain you said about um PTSD um so can you tell us a bit more about how that affects you because it's the after effects of of something mm. that you've gone through um so yeah tell us a bit more about that so the PTSD I, I would say it probably wasn't until last year that I realized I had it mm. um, but um after like university you would still go out and socialize with your friends and one of the things that I would always end up doing is my friends would drink in excess to the point where they were being sick and they would get hangovers yeah. and I would never do that I would I would always stop myself that one drink before I kind of might have felt a little bit sick or I might have gotten to like a little fun kind of bubbly stage in the night I would always be like that's enough for me like oh. um, and I ended up you know just taking care of other people being sick because I didn't want to be sick I couldn't be sick and even now when I've been ill, if I've like being a teacher, you get stomach bugs all the time. Yeah. And 
if I've gotten a stomach bug and I felt sick, I will try to hold it down because I physically just cannot be sick anymore. Like when you go to the dentist and they put like the stuff in your mouth and you gag and I'm just like, I have to just be like, no, you can't, you can't do that because I, I can't get to that stage where as soon as I gag, it brings back those bad memories. And I feel like I'm going to start again. I just, it's a silly thing to think, but I think, oh, if I'm sick once, then I'm just going to continue being sick. And mm-hmm. my cat's meowing in the background. I did it's you right. say quiet? He's not. <laughs> <laughs> All our pets are being really disruptive today. <laughs> but that's the fun of being a pet owner. Um, so you said about um, the thought of if you're sick once, uh, yeah. it might happen again so yeah. have you been doing I know right now with everything with the pandemic it's kind of hard to access certain services but have you been going to counseling for that or therapy or are you part of any groups or are you self um I say self-care self like <laughs> helping yourself for it yeah. um I started hypnotherapy at Ooh. um when did I start that Kind of late into last year, I started hypnotherapy. So I've done a couple of hypnotherapy sessions and um, I've got them on a tape recording as well. So I try to just listen to those once every fortnight just to kind of, I suppose, like have a little bit of a therapy top up. Um, At the moment, she's not doing any face to face, which is really what I need. It doesn't really work for me over over Zoom or anything like that. I have to have that face to face um, because it's it's. When you go to hypnotherapy, it's not just about listening to what she says. It's about listening to the music and the atmosphere of the room as well. Mm. That triggers me to actually get into the hypno. It's I find it quite difficult to get into. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, the, the hypnotherapy is definitely helped. It's retrained my my brain, so to speak. Um, definitely helps. I do a lot of meditation as well. I try mm. to meditate pretty much every single night. Um, just to clear my mind of the day's thoughts, um, get rid of any negativity, any areas where my body might be hurting. Shh, baby. <laughs> and um, I was going to say, I also do um, a gratitude like every single night. I don't have a gratitude journal because I would be rubbish at writing things down. <laughs> but every single night before bed, I always do three things I'm grateful for and one thing I'm looking forward to tomorrow. And it can literally just be something as grateful as I'm grateful for a lovely meal that I've had today. I'm grateful for the roof over my head. I'm grateful for the water that comes out of the tap. And then just something that I can focus on for the next day. So I'm I'm grateful that I have work tomorrow. <laughs> That's amazing. And um, also it's it's nice to think of the small things. And we focus a lot on the the, the huge, the big the big moments it's like there are so many tiny little things the same with the steps to recovery tiny little steps tiny little paw prints of course as we have a cat there as well tiny little paw prints uh, on the way um, to recovery so you have been competing a while now and how did you find competing in pageants how did that impact your mental health was it a good thing or was it a bad thing in regards to um, some of the issues that you've had I think when I first thought about competing because it was a friend who introduced me to it um well a friend of a friend um (laughs) it was I thought it was going to trigger me because I had just finished university my first university course and I'd gone on to do my second course 
And I did think, mm, is this going to trigger stuff? Um, but at the same time, I felt very confident in myself and my body and just my personality. I, I felt confident in myself. And um, so I went along to Miss Inspiration was my very first pageant. Ooh. And um, there was, I don't know, at least 60 girls there at the time, maybe even more. It was, it was uh, quite a lot of girls competing. And... Um, but what I saw was lots of different shapes and sizes, ages, personalities, and it didn't matter. And no one was judging them for their bodies or what they looked like. And <laughs> and I remember the bikini round. I was terrified because I'd never done pageants before. I was really yeah. pale. Everyone else had a tan. <laughs> there I was, really pale, these tiny little heels, this terrible bikini. I think it was just a black basic bikini. Uh, oh, it wasn't it wasn't very good. And again, very pale being a ginger. And I didn't want to go on stage. And it was literally, I think it was Callie, she literally just pulled me onto that stage and was like, you are doing this, I don't care. And it was watching all the other girls go before me and then I was just got my chance to do it and I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna suck at this, I don't care, I'm just here for a bit of fun. And that's exactly what I did. And I think that's what a lot of pageantry is about is learning to accept yourself and then make yourself better. And, you know, having a good impact on the world. Um, yeah. and pageants have definitely helped me to build my confidence my body confidence and just make me all, an all-rounder better person and constantly growing through pageants that's so nice to uh, the bikini round yet yeah. when you've never entered a pageant for those who are listening who have never entered it can be so scary and you always look back at your first time and think I've not got a tan I've not got the hair the fashion wear. I mean I started 2010 I had no brows a dress from TK Maxx, like I was living that life. <laughs> um, but you do you meet so many amazing people with so many different stories to tell as well. And I think it's really nice the pageant community, especially if you're feeling down. Um, you know that they all rally around. And so now, with your next pageant journey, you're competing in UK Rose, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and one of their chosen charities is Mind. Mm -hmm. um, so is that one of the reasons you decided to choose that pageant or was there another reason? That was definitely one of the reasons I chose to enter. Mind um, helped me. I had my um, CBT through Mind UK. Um, <laughs> I found it a lot quicker to get CBT through Mind than I did through my GP. Um, and it's all free as well mm. just a little online course um and they've got loads of little helpful bits on their website as well um they also have like free meditation advice and it was through mind uk that i learned to meditate oh. which is super super useful um i do i do definitely recommend meditation for any mental health because it is just that moment to zone out and just be with be with yourself um so, sorry, I'm waffling on now. That's all right, that's all good. <laughs> but no, definitely Mind UK were just an amazing, amazing charity that have helped me. And that's definitely one of the reasons I chose to enter. Um, they've got a massive kind of family as well with Rose the first year. And as soon as I entered, I was in like a group chat. Everyone was saying hello to me. Everyone was chatting away. And then on the actual pageant day, it was 
it didn't feel like a pageant it just felt more like a family reunion (laughs) (laughs) that's what I loved about and that's why I'm competing again it's fantastic system fantastic cause as well with with them you can also have your own um Mm -hmm. Uh, which you've got your own charity that you raise funds for but I just want to raise funds for mine just because they've helped me so much and I'm actually walking up Snowdonia at night time next year oh my goodness I'm terrified like I'm fine at walking up mountains but walking up mountains at night oh I love that I love that I'm fine at walking up mountains that's all cool (laughs) like chill that's just chill like (laughs) no thank I do like once a month just walk up a mountain just walk up a mountain <laughs> but it's so nice to hear as well that the, the different things that mind offer because I fundraise for mind as well and there's just so much and I think as well it's really hard sometimes when it comes to the NHS and, and trying to get um the right path for you and you said that you recommend meditation for everyone so would that be the one piece of advice you'd give to people absolutely a hundred percent I think meditation just gives you the time to just go you know what forget about all these worries that I have today forget about all the worries that I've got tomorrow let's just be in this moment right now and just practice gratitude for what I have and I'm also a Buddhist so as a Buddhist oh. that's what we do we kind of live in the moment and and we just you know we follow we try to live a peaceful humble life and through meditation, it's I find it so much easier to be able to do that because I can forget about all those small little things that might have troubled me on that day. And I can kind of, instead of worrying about the things that might come tomorrow, I'm thinking of the opportunities that might give me instead. And I definitely meditation helps you to achieve that. Amazing. I mean, I personally can't meditate to save my life. Um, <laughs> As you can tell by everything that's happened here, my dog won't let me just sit down for one second. The yeah, you just, around. definitely need space and time where you can just feel alone. <laughs> I'm always like, right, partner, leave me be. I'm meditating. Shut the door. That <laughs> can't get in. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice, though. A nice, nice time to yourself. I think it's very important to have that, whether it is meditating. I do or... also think hypnotherapy could work. Um, mm-hmm. I won't work for everyone. Yeah. But um, I it definitely recommend it as well. It's pricey, um, which is why I've only had two sessions because I can't afford <laughs> it right now with COVID happening as well. Um, but it, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Uh, talk, talk us through a little bit about hypnotherapy because mm-hmm. I kind of have a gist of it, but it's not something I've looked into. So I think the thing that I was worried about hypnotherapy is that I wouldn't know what was going on um so I was a little bit anxious about doing it at first mm. but I was just like you know what I've, I've pretty much tried other other routes and they've not really worked for me so let's try this one and um so it's kind of like meditation yes so with, I don't know about all hypnotherapists because I've only only had one but you go into the um she has like a little separate room in her house go into that yeah. room there's like a little humidifier on, the lights are nice and dim, and then she also plays music. And mm. you put headphones on, and you just have them over the right ear. So I don't know why, but it's something to do with the right side of your brain. So you just have it on the right side, so on the left of your ear, you're listening to the music that's being played. And on the right, she speaks through a microphone to hypnotise you, so you're leaning back as if you're asleep kind of thing. And um, 
you just listen to it and you end up kind of going into a deep meditate meditation mm. and you're you're very aware of everything that she's saying you're very aware that you are still in a room with her but you kind of feel like you are floating a little bit yeah um and then she will just speak to you uh very slowly <laughs> as and she just gives you suggestions um and with this hypnotherapist she she'd never dealt she'd dealt with eating disorders before mm-hmm. but for me i wanted to lose weight and i was too scared to lose weight in case it triggered me back into my eating disorder mm. and she with her she was like right so we need to hypnotize you to have a healthy balance type of thing and to not be so scared about losing one or two pounds and she's like but that's all I'm going to hypnotize you to do is just to lose one or two pounds a week not to lose three four because that will end up triggering me Um, and it has in the past like last week I lost three pounds in my weight I got a little bit scared so I kind Mm. of cut back and I only lost one pound this week but you know I'm still losing weight but um but yes, she just talks to you, she makes suggestions to you. And it does just feel like you've been asleep and you've had a weird dream. Uh, but then I went away and a couple of days later, I remembered one of the like, um, what do you call it? Like a little saying that she, mantra. Had, that she gave me, a mantra, that's the word. Yeah, she yeah. gave me like a little mantra. And I was just like, just driving away on my way to the shops. And I remembered the little mantra and I was like, yeah, that's great. You can do this today. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it just just feels like a nice deep sleep. You feel very uh, bright eyed afterwards. Relaxed, refreshed. Mm, Yeah. That's, it's really nice as well, I think, especially having your past and still wanted to lose weight it's you've gone about it the right way being sensible um it is a healthy healthy lifestyle rather than focusing on like you know the scales and things like yes you're losing a a pound a couple of pounds but it's it's having a healthier mindset I think with the experience you've had as well and the help you've had hopefully it will be all plain sailing, but we do know that mental health is never like that. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Definitely a roller coaster. I mean, there are still like days where I'll just want to eat nothing, and there are days when I want to eat everything. Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a tough journey, but it's the journey that I'm on, and I'm doing everything that I can. And I think my kind of way of seeing life now is not to be thin, but to be strong. Yes. And by being healthy, I'm being strong. When I go to the gym, I'm lifting weights rather than just focusing on cardio like what I might have used to. Um, although, yes, I do weigh myself once a week if I've gained weight and I know that I've been working a lot of weights at the gym, mm. then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I'm getting stronger and that's, I feel like that's what we should be focusing on. We shouldn't be focusing on someone's size. We should be focusing on their health instead. Honestly, you're preaching to the choir there. One of the things, as a past PT, when I say a past, I still have a personal trainer, but I guess I'm not a practicing personal trainer at the moment um, due to Penelope being born. But mm-hmm. it's always training to be strong, not skinny. Mm-hmm. It's because you can be skinny and be unhealthy, like exactly. how you yeah. discovered, but you can also be very large and be unhealthy, but you can be large and healthy. It's, you know, weight 
get on those weights girls as in like weight training it really does help I think it you know you want to make sure that you'll be able to do stuff yourself don't need no man even though they're nice sometimes <laughs> don't need no man you're strong enough girl emotionally and physically so it's looking after the whole picture um, but is there anything you'd like to say before we finish today for those who are listening who um may have some of these things happening to them right now um or maybe in a dark space and needs to be pulled out a little bit what would you say to them I think the most important thing is don't feel like you're the only person who's going through this don't feel like you're alone and also don't be scared to ask for help you know if I hadn't gone and out out for help then I would still be where I was what like like 20 years ago I'd still be in a in a horrible downward spiral I I one of the things that I remember was I absolutely loved to dance mm. and the weaker and weaker I got the less I could dance so I ended up losing my passion and I just feel like just go ask for help even if you don't personally want to speak to someone you can go on mind um mind UK you can have a little look at their resources online and they even do uh texting and mm-hmm. uh, chat as well so you don't physically I know for me making a phone call can be very difficult talking to someone it can be difficult but if you're able to just text and hide behind a screen then Mm. it does make it a lot easier so just go and find the help there is so much help out there don't be afraid to ask for it very good advice and very true you're not alone even if you feel alone there is someone somewhere out there feeling exactly the same even if it's just one other person but in truth is there's a lot um but yes websites texas service which is great it's for everyone not just the uh, I, feel like speak it, I feel like i speak i feel like it's phone. so good for the younger generation because i feel like for the younger generation they're they're not used to talking on the phone like us as we might be that's what we used to do i, I, I hate speaking, speaking on the phone, on the phone. <laughs> yeah and i feel like you know if you can just text someone like a counsellor or if you can just message them online like that's what the younger generation is used to so why not do it that way for them definitely and for the 30 odd year olds who don't like speaking on the phone as well like myself texting (laughs) is perfect you can also um if you're ever like in a bit of a crisis you can always call 111 and press number two and straight away that will take you to a to a mental health counsellor straight away there you go top there we go. top <laughs> tip yeah one 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 no, press number two that's so good thank you so much stephanie for speaking thank to you. us today my story i really appreciate it thank you i can help one person oh goodness me there we go i was trying to stop 